quality of life, length of life, and even eternal life totally hinge on one's faith in Christ Jesus. And His name is the Word of God, Revelation 19.13. It is so important that I know the Word of God found in the majority text is utterly true. The childlike can be assured of this. No academic discipline has ever or will ever controvert the Holy Bible. The way of escape from this world's foolishness and bondage and from life's ridiculous brevity is God's only begotten Son. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Are you born again? Have you found the way of escape? Today can be your day of salvation. Today, all your sin, shame, and bondage can be washed away. Today, you can receive the power to live a glorious and fulfilling life, a life that never ends. Yes, today, now. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now, for today's subject. God said, Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 12 through 14. Thou shalt have a place also without the camp, whether thou shalt go forth abroad. And thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon, and it shall be when thou wilt ease thyself abroad. Thou shalt dig therewith, and shalt turn back and cover that which cometh from thee. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee, and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee, and turn away from thee. God said, Leviticus thirteen one through 4 And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest, or unto one of his sons the priest. And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh. And when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight is deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy, and the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. If the bright spot be white in the skin of his flesh, and in the sight be not deeper than the skin, and the hair thereof be not turned white, then the priest shall shut up him that hath the plague seven days. God said, Leviticus thirteen forty-five and 46, And the leper, in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone without, uh, without the camp shall his habitation be. God said, Leviticus 15, 2, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When any man hath a running issue out of his flesh, because of his issue, he is unclean. Man said, we have no need for God and his Bible. Man's science will show us the way. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature article 715. All of these features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as fishing bait for God's fishermen. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Be sure to take advantage of three very useful tools on God Said, Man Said. One, you have questions? 
God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. 2. Use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. It is so quick and easy. And three, imagine you can download nearly 180 hours of God said, man said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you and all that your hands shall touch. Men have penned millions of books addressing multitudes of subjects, but all of man's books and penmanship must bow down and do obeisance to only one book, God's Holy Bible. Embrace the Word of God. It is your life. The God said passages referenced above were given unto Moses by God around 3,500 years ago, long before science began to understand the deep scientific wisdom contained in them. The other day I was listening to a BBC newscast airing from an African village devastated by Ebola. Workers in hazmat suits were moving down the streets door to door, removing the dead from their homes in sealed black body bags and taking them within minutes to their burial. There was a wail of tears and anguish coming from what sounded like thousands of the grief-stricken. It was truly unsettling. Today the world experiences various outbreaks of epidemics that sometimes become pandemics. Unbeknownst to most, God's Word clearly lays out the solution for these deadly outbreaks. Central to His solution is diet, hygiene, and quarantine. God commands man, as quoted in the lead of this feature, to bury all waste that comes from the human body, but man has chosen to flush it instead or just to relieve himself wherever is convenient. The July 25, 2014 issue of the week quotes the New York Times. Around 620 million Indians, or 50% of that country's population, have no access to a working toilet or latrine and thus defecate outside in the street or countryside. The resulting bacterial infections lead to widespread malnutrition among children and cause 62 million Indians under five to suffer permanent physical and mental stunting. End of quote. Who is responsible for these horrific pandemics that have killed untold millions? What social conditions have made these terrorists possible? All of God's commandments are supernatural instructions designed to protect the adherent from harm. None are for God's own self-glory or benefit. All of God's commandments are correct, and those who disregard them suffer the curse, the bad things that transpire from doing the wrong thing. A prime example is the commandment in Deuteronomy 28 that we quoted in the lead of this article. God commanded human waste to be buried in the earth, but man chose to flush it into the waterways. The following paragraphs are from the God said, man said feature. The truth remains true. Pigs, Lot's wife, flush it. The problems of flushing raw sewage into the waterways and the treated water coming out have an enormous and often deadly downside. The problems are huge, even in America, where wastewater treatment plants handle the vast majority of raw sewage issues. 
Pollution microbiologist Joan B. Rose at the University of South Florida is clearing up the confusion over the source of fecal dung viruses tainting coastal waters in some shellfish. The article in Science News discussing her work is titled, Viruses, Just a Flush Away. It said that 90% of the Florida waters tested showed a presence of fecal viruses, usually at low concentrations. The germs have been linked to gastroenteritis and also to flu-like symptoms, earaches, and heart disease. Imagine human viruses flushed into the water and passed through the kitchen spigot. In June 2000, an article in U.S. News & World Report titled The Sickening Sewage Crisis reported that each year an estimated 400,000 American basements experience the backup of raw sewage and municipal sanitary sewers overflow 40,000 times, dumping potentially deadly pathogens into our streets, waterways, and beaches. In just eight months, San Diego reported raw sewage spillage of 34 million gallons and the small town of Fort Pierce, Florida, reported spillage of 8 million gallons. Guess what follows the sewage? Rats. Big, disease-laden rats. The following excerpt is from Scientific American, January 2009. Four in ten people have no access to any latrine, toilet, bucket, or box. They defecate in narrow alleyways enforced by train tracks. The disease toll of this human excrement is astounding, killing more people worldwide than any other single cause. Modern sanitation where it exists has added 20 years to the average human lifespan. But population growth in the first world has taxed sanitation systems. 90% of the globe's sewage ends up untreated in oceans, rivers, and lakes. End of quote. The following excerpt is from Discover, March 2012, under the title, The Human Vector. To be transmitted, a germ has to be shed from one human host and picked up by another. Some germs, like cholera, and I may add Ebola, make their hosts produce copious diarrhea. If there is poor sanitation or people are crowded together, those germs are likely to infect other hosts. Respiratory infections are shed into the air or onto surfaces. If someone sneezes into her hand or touches a doorknob that you touch afterwards, you may catch her infection. Some germs float through the air and you breathe them in. Measles and tuberculosis spread this way. End of quote. Just to name two pandemics directly associated with raw human waste would be cholera and E. coli. God's commandment was to bury the waste in the earth, but man said flush it. Now who is responsible for the millions of dead bodies buried in common graves? Who is responsible for the suffering and the evil? Thousands of years before modern science began to understand the reason why, God was there and provided the answer in his owner's manual, and by following it, promised life and life more abundantly, choose life and live. The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, 21 Signs of Doomsday Update 32, Saints, Prepare for Departure. When God, the creator of the universe, gives direction, wise men and women take heed. Concerning the Bible's Old Testament dietary laws, it is true that Christians with their childlike faith can pray and eat. 1 Timothy 4, 4 and 5, For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. 
for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. But also keep in mind that the vast majority of this world's population cannot access this biblical promise. It behooves them to take serious precaution. In Deuteronomy 14.8 we read, And the swine, because it divideth the hoof, yet cheweth uh, not the cud, is unclean unto you. Ye shall not eat of their flesh, nor touch their dead carcass. God said man said has published numerous features concerning the pig. The following paragraphs have been lifted from a feature published in the September 6, 2014 issue of Science News. The study follows a 2012 report that raised concerns Ebola might be able to be spread by air. That study, led by infectious disease researcher Gary Kobinger of the Public Health Agency of Canada, found that McKay monkeys contracted Ebola when housed in cages near piglets infected with Ebola. The animals never touched. The researchers said the virus probably floated to the monkeys' cages as a fine airborne spray of particles shed by the pigs. Pigs seem to give off more aerosolized viral particles than any other species, says Derek Gatherer, a viral evolutionary biologist at Lancaster University in England. If it's going to be spread by aerosols, the pigs are the species to do it. End of quote. Those stricken by Ebola in the African village mentioned earlier were not quarantined, but living, infecting, and dying in their own homes. It is estimated that for every person stricken with Ebola, two others in contact with that victim get infected. Why was something as simple as a Bible quarantine neglected? The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Quarantine. The price man has paid for his disregard of God's commandments concerning the quarantine and his purification principles continues to be staggering on a global scale. Literally hundreds of millions of lives have been lost and trillions upon trillions of dollars squandered, not to mention the immeasurable hours of severe discomfort as a result of man's disobedience. Galatians 6-7 reads, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The God-given quarantine of the Scripture was composed of three basic principles. One, a running issue out of the flesh covers a myriad of problems. For example, the common code. You can be certain that in this world there are billions of sicknesses each year and millions of untimely deaths as a result of disrespect for God's quarantine. Instead of being quarantined, those affected with a running issue such as a common code, for example, are permitted to intermingle with the general population, spreading their infection on doorknobs, eating utensils, handshakes, hugs, and kisses, sneezing and coughing on food and drink in restaurants and at home. Number two, the principle of being unclean meant that one carried an infectious contagion which required separation from the general population. Three, Seven days of separation was one of several time periods of quarantine commanded by God. This number seven jumps out because it is the life cycle of various infectious organisms, such as one that causes the common cold. The number of health benefits hidden in the commandment of quarantining is much bigger than casual consideration and surely past ever fully discovering. The vast benefits of the quarantine should be obvious to all, but... As in much of life, the truth is obfuscated by untruths and ill motivations. The following excerpts are from a 2003 article in the Los Angeles Times under the heading, 21st Century Role for Quarantines. 
The battle against severe acute respiratory syndrome, or SARS, has brought back something that most people know only from history books, quarantine. Some articles tell us that quarantine, restraining the movement of people to prevent the spread of infectious disease, is unworkable and ineffective and deserves to be put back on the shelf. Modern medicine, civil rights, and technology have made quarantine impractical and obsolete, we are told. But history suggests this assumption is mistaken. Until about 1850, the miasmatic theory of epidemic illnesses dominated medical thinking. Foul vapors in the air, or miasms, were believed to be the primary source of outbreaks. This idea of person-to-person transmission of fevers was ridiculed. Quarantine was dismissed as unhelpful at best. The germ theory was first championed by Edward Jenner at the close of the 18th century and then by Louis Pasteur in the mid-19th century. It taught that epidemic disease resulted from bringing uninfected people into contact with infected ones. Absent and effective vaccines, such as for smallpox or rabies, or cure, there were none, public health officials had to depend on sanitary measures. Sanitation of streets and buildings, destruction of infectious sources, such as the clothes of a smallpox victim or mosquitoes in a yellow fever zone, quarantine of road, rail, and ship traffic, and home or hospital isolation of patients and their contacts, all this helped to combat contagion. Many epidemics of plague, smallpox, yellow fever, and influenza were successfully contained by interrupting the transmission of germs. The fundamental fact of germ theory has not changed over time. End of quote. Concerning an ugly, devastating communicable disease, HIV-AIDS, the political appetite to quarantine these contaminated individuals does not exist. As a result, untold millions have and will die an untimely death. The following two excerpts are from the Encyclopedia of Public Health. A very important human disease with an incubation time that can, and probably usually does exceed 40 days, is HIV infection. But for reasons that have more to do with human rights than epidemiological insights, there is no quarantine for persons exposed to HIV infection. Community values changed in the late 20th century, However, and there is now emotional and political resistance to restricting freedom in the interest of safeguarding the public's health. It is regarded as ethically unacceptable to quarantine promiscuous persons who are HIV positive, even though it might be for the best interest of the general public to do so. In some cases, public health officials have invoked the police power of the quarantine regulations, and sometimes with the assistance of the local police forces, they have incarcerated incorrigibly promiscuous persons infected with HIV-AIDS. AIDS activists and civil rights advocates oppose this, and the debate that played out in relation to detention of polio contacts in the early 20th century is being reprised, end of quote. Man will always reap what he sows. This is an immutable law of God. Well-accomplished researcher and author author Grant Jeffrey, in his 336-page book, The Signature of God, has this to say concerning the Bible's quarantine. The continents of Europe and Asia have periodically been engulfed by epidemics of leprosy and plague, especially from 1200 to 1400. 
more than 60 million people, almost one-third of the population of Europe in the 14th century, are estimated to have died by the Black Plague, or the Bubonic Plague. Those who survived describe scenes that sounded like the haunting visions of Dante's descriptions of hell. How was this dreaded plague finally stopped? During a trip to Vienna in the center of the city, I examined a strange-looking plaque statue dedicated to the Black Death's countless victims and the actions of the Church Fathers to abolish the curse of that plague. In light of God's advanced health laws, one might expect to learn that it was only after the people began to follow the biblical laws of sanitation and disease control that the epidemic was broken. Several church leaders began to search the Bible to discover whether there was a practical solution. They saw that in Leviticus 13.46, Moses laid down strict regulations regarding the treatment of those afflicted with leprosy or plague. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean. He shall dwell alone without the camp, shall his habitation be." God answered their prayers for deliverance when they finally began to obey his scriptural commands. This divine medical rule commanded that a person who contracted the plague must be isolated from the general population during his infectious period. Fortunately, the church fathers of Vienna finally took the Bible injunctions to heart and commanded that those infected with the plague must be placed outside the city in special medical quarantine compounds. Caregivers fed them until they either died or survived the disease. Those who died in homes or streets were quickly removed and buried outside the city. These biblical sanitation measures quickly brought the dreaded epidemic under control. Other cities and countries rapidly followed the medical practices of Vienna until the deadly spread of the Black Plague was halted. Until the 20th century, nearly every society other than the Israelites kept infected patients in their homes, even after death, unknowingly exposing other people to deadly disease. Even during the Black Plague epidemic, patients who were sick or had died were kept in the same rooms as the rest of the family. People often wondered why the disease affected so many people at one time. They attributed the epidemic to bad air or evil spirits. However, careful attention to the medical commands of God as revealed in Leviticus would have saved untold millions of lives. Arturo Castigliano characterized this biblical law with these words. The laws against leprosy in Leviticus 13 may be regarded as the first model of a sanitary legislation. Moses' instruction to segregate infected patients from their families and other people was one of the most important medical advances in human history. Yet no other ancient nation followed these effective medical regulations. The only reasonable explanation is that Moses received this advanced medical knowledge from God's inspiration. End of quote. Imagine the solution to the scourge of the Black Death was found in the Word of God all the time. The pandemics of today will prove no different. God's Word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. God said, Deuteronomy 23, 12 through 14, Thou shalt have a place also without the camp, whither thou shalt go forth abroad. And thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon, and it shall be. When thou wilt ease thyself abroad, thou shalt dig therewith, and shalt turn back and cover that which cometh from thee. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee, and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy." 
that he see no unclean thing in thee, and turn away from thee. God said, Leviticus 13, 1 through 4, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest, or unto one of the, his sons the priest. And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh. And when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight is deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy, and the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. If the bright spot be white in the skin of his flesh, and in uh, sight be not deeper than the skin, and the hair thereof be not turned white, then the priest shall shut up him that hath the plague seven days. God said, Leviticus thirteen forty-five and 46, And the leper, in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean, he shall dwell alone, without the camp shall his habitation be. God said, Leviticus 15, 2, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When any man hath a running issue out of his flesh, because of his issue, he is unclean. Man said, We have no need for a God in his Bible. Man's science will show us the way. Now you have the record.